Combo Nation, what up, what up, what up everyone? Welcome to episode 104 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down in that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to Combo's Court. Today's show, Will Guillory of the Athletic New Orleans joins in to discuss Pelicans basketball. Will shares his thoughts on Zion's impact, Lonzo's improved jump shot, the Zion connection, plus much, much more, man. A great conversation. I'm glad you guys are going to be able to listen in. You could follow Will on Twitter at Will Guillory. That's W-I-L-L-G-U-I-L-L-O-R-Y. You know you could follow me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Track. Will Guillory, Pelican beat writer for The Athletic. How you feeling today, man? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I don't want to start on a sad note, but you know, when I walk down the street in New York, I see these construction sites. When I see how big these things are, I just think if they would fall, what would happen, you know? Um, it's just devastating that that happened in New Orleans. What's the latest on it? Man, it's crazy. Unfortunately, you know, we, we did have one person pass away. A bunch of people, you know, were missing. I haven't checked back to see what the status of that was. But, man, it was an insane day just to see that entire thing go down and see, you know, all of the videos popping up, people taking videos on their phones and, you know, just all the different angles of seeing a, a, a huge structure like that falling down. Man, that's really scary. It, it, we're just fortunate that more people weren't hurt. You know, obviously it's extremely sad to see the people that were hurt, but man, just like you said, right. just, just seeing stuff like that go down, man, it makes you look around every time you walk around these big buildings or any of these construction sites, you never really realize how much damage those things can do. It's just it, one little thing goes wrong. Crazy, crazy. I hope they, they amp up the regulation prayers and thoughts with the families for sure. Let's shift to basketball, man. Um, Zion Williamson, right? If he becomes, the superstar that many think he will become. What does that mean for people in your field? Like I remember, you know, Stephen A. Smith with Allen Iverson, like that really helped his career. Is this, is this like a big opportunity for everybody that was already covering the Pelicans? Uh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I'd be lying if I said I, I wasn't excited along with the rest of the Pelicans right. fans. <laughs> coming right. around, you know, especially after what we went through last year, covering that whole AD melodrama and just kind of uh, when that season ended, we were all kind of looking around like, man, who knows what this beat is going to look like, what this team is going to look like. You know how this this organization is going to rebound after losing, you know, a franchise player like Anthony Davis, and to bounce back with somebody like Zion Williamson, who, as great as Anthony Davis is, just the attention and just the the box office factor that Zion brings is it's not even close. Come when compared to AD, I mean, just being around the city and seeing some of the events that Zion's been to, and, and the amount of people that come up and, and the and just all of the questions you get about Zion. I, I mean, my mom went to the open practice and I can tell you, she can care less about basketball, but she just wanted to go see Zion Williamson. It's transcending the pop culture pretty much. Yeah. I mean, he he's on another level. It's much bigger than basketball because that's the thing. AD is a, a fantastic basketball player, but I think Zion is much bigger than that. It's about his impact on the entire culture and just how he brings people in who don't even care about basketball because they see this crazy, you know, charismatic young kid who can do these amazing things on a basketball court. 
jump up at 285 and do 360 right. windmills and stuff like that. This is stuff we've never seen before. And, you know, it's just something that's new for the league. And I think it's going to be great for everybody, but especially, you know, people like us who doesn't necessarily get all of the eyes that teams like, you know, in LA or New York, maybe get on their beats. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. It'll actually show, I mean, it'll probably show the talents of the media that's already there that might not have had the spotlight before. Maybe it'll give you guys some spotlight. I'm excited for you guys. Um, Look, man, the biggest the, the biggest concerns from a lot of analysts were his weight. Uh, the food in New Orleans is really good, man. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> is that something that the Pelicans are worried about? The, the food, um, Zion's I think, weight. Uh, I think you know, with a young guy like that, I think something they one of the benefits of having a young guy like that coming into the league is you can kind of affect everything that's going on with him. So you can kind of sit him down and say, okay. Here's what we're going to do with your nutrition. Here's how we're going to work out. You know, here's where you're going to live. I think, you know, maybe right. when you're bringing an older guy who can kind of go on his own, maybe that's a concern. But I think with a young guy like Zion, I think what a lot of people slept on during the summer was the fact that when you're Zion Williamson and you're leaving college and you're preparing for the NBA draft, so much of that process has nothing to do with basketball. And I think so much of what he had going on with him going into summer league was, you know, worrying about shoe sponsorships and, try to figure out who was going to be his new agent and figuring out where his parents were going to live and, you know, flying from this place to this place and you go into the draft lottery. Then you're going to these workouts with this team and then you're trying to get all of these sponsorship deals. And he had so much going on. I think he had very little time to focus on basketball. And immediately he kind of jumps into summer league where we saw a whole bunch of other guys skip summer league because they they weren't ready. I mean, we saw guys like John Morant. Uh, and, and so many other top picks just not go because they weren't necessarily ready. And I think Zion is just the type of kid he wants to go out and compete and be out there with his guys. So I think he went out there even though he wasn't necessarily right. And eventually, once he got time to get with New Orleans and their training staff to just really focus day in, day out on basketball, get his condition, conditioning right, get his you know his his workouts. And I think you, you're seeing the results now. And I think ultimately what we hear over and over again about Zion is that he really cares about the game and he wants to work. He's not a guy that's just soaking up all the attention. He really wants to work at this and he wants to get better every day. And I think as long as you have that mentality, I don't think we have to worry about, you know, him spending too much time at Drago's or anything like that, eating too many uh, fried oysters. <laughs> I think he'll be all right. Any, any LeVar ball sightings? Not yet. I've been looking for LeVar, man. I would love to chop it up with LeVar just to see what he's thinking about. But nah, I haven't seen LeVar yet. Just a whole bunch of Lonzo and just him, you know, with that new shot. But man, I would love to see the whole ball crew. I've run into the the ball in the family camera crew a few times, you know, following around Lonzo, but I haven't seen LeVar or Melo or any of those guys. Right. Well, he said Melo was going to be the number one pick and it's looking like it could be true if if he continues what he's doing in Australia. Man, he's balling out out there for sure, and I think it was it's it's surprising. Well, I guess it's not that surprising because you always want to big up your little brother, but uh, I think it, right. it, it says a lot that Lonzo has come out, you know, repeatedly and said, "Hey, Lamelo is more talented than I was at his age," and I think you can kind of see at, at a couple of different levels why he feels that way. I mean, Lamelo, his shot is pretty ugly, <laughs> the same way Lonzo's was back in the day, but I think he shoots it with a lot of confidence. He shoots it from range. He he's just got a, a bit more of a scores mentality and I think Lonzo did at, at that age and I think he, he combines that with the you know passing and just the ability to see the entire floor that Lonzo brought as well so I think LaMelo is going to be a really intriguing prospect and man I think you know all in the family they're just rooting for the Pelicans to go ahead and draft LaMelo so they can bring all the cameras to one place and then we'll definitely have LeVar sitting courtside for every game and we got LaMelo and Lonzo on the same team 
For sure. You you spoke to LaMelo's uh, jump shot. You know, I see it you know, before it was coming from, like, the left side of his body. Now it's staying more on the right. I think it's helping his transition from his dribble to his jump shot when he gets it up. It's definitely more smooth. Can you speak to the progression and who was actually working with him on his jump shot? Yeah, I, that was one of the big things. After the trade went down with AD, when they got Lonzo, they immediately sent out uh, assistant coach Fred Vincent, a guy that's been around the Pelicans for a long time, you know, helped guys like Tyreek Evans, Austin Rivers, uh, Alfred Payton, Rajon Rondo. I mean, I can keep going down the list. He He's one of those guys who's considered a shot guru in this league, and he's helped so many guys improve their jump shot. And him and Lonzo got to work immediately during this summer and, and focus on his mechanics and getting it right. And I think it's something that Lonzo really wanted to, to really fix this this year because I think a lot of times with these guys you don't really see the change happen until they kind of accept it in 100%, their own mind that they, it's time to make a change yeah. so I think that was a big part with Lonzo he just kind of sat down and said okay this needs to happen right now and I think the work he put in with, with Fred Vincent this summer was huge and, and you see the results already and I think uh, just like you mentioned the big thing for him was just getting the shot off quicker I think a big thing for him playing in the league where you can kind of get that shot off when you're playing against high school kids or college kids. Yeah. But in the NBA, those closeouts come so much faster and those arms are so much longer and the guys are jumping so much higher that it's tough to get those shots off if you need that extra second to get it off or you have to bring it from your left side to your right side. But if you're going straight up and you shoot it quicker, then maybe you got a little bit more confidence to put it up, you know, with a, with a hand in your face or in transition or, you know, that patented little step back to the left that he loves to do. So I think, you see he's always had the confidence to take that shot, but now that he can get it off quicker, I think there are situations where he can take it where he was maybe a little bit hesitant in the past. Yeah, and that's going to help his already elite vision. Uh, he'll have more gravity. You know, it'll be better spacing on the court when he could just get that shot off easier and quicker. Um, staying on Lonzo, this Lonzo, this Zoe Zion connection, of, <laughs> how's that chemistry looking, man? How's that chemistry looking in the preseason? I know you're you're watching all the games closely, so I'd like to hear from you. Man, it's amazing just to see how far they've come and just to hear some of the things Lonzo has been saying about, you know, him wanting to really take Zion under his wing and what he told us he really wants to be a big brother to Zion because it's not quite to what Zion's experiencing, but Lonzo knows what it's like to come into the league and just have a ton of hype surrounding you and so much expectation and everybody picking apart every little thing about you and you having to do deal with all that and also focus on how to become a better basketball player dealing with injuries dealing with traveling dealing with playing more games than you've ever played in your entire life you know all of this stuff comes at you at once in the NBA and I think Lonzo has really taken it on, on himself to really that Zion can talk to every day about what he's going through and he can kind of relate to him. And I think that that's a big part about their chemistry. And obviously, Lonzo's just an excellent passer. So to have a guy like Zion where you can pretty much throw it anywhere and Zion to go get it, I think it's kind of a dream, <laughs> a dream right. job right now for, for uh, Lonzo to have a guy like that. And for Zion, we know he's so good with the ball in his hands, but the fact that the Pelicans have surrounded him with guys like Lonzo, like uh, Drew Holiday, yeah, I would even throw yeah. JJ Redick out there. Guys who going to who are going to be able to get Zion the ball in easy situations where he doesn't have to do everything on his own. I think that's going to make life so much easier for him during his rookie season. And I think in particular that connects with him and Lonzo. Man, those fast breaks are going to be a lot of fun. And you saw in that last game against the Spurs, Lonzo doesn't care. He'll throw it from the other side. He'll take it out from out of bounds and then throw the alley up to Zion on the other side of the court. He doesn't care because he knows Zion's going to go get it no matter what. So I think he's going to keep testing Zion more and more throughout the season to see how, how much he can test him to see how, how far he's going to go to catch one of these alley-oops. Right. You know, the jump shot late in the postseason, it hurts some players, like the lack of a jump shot. Like, 
We've seen it with Giannis. We've seen it with Ben. But the difference with Zion is, is that he moves so well without the ball and he has so much energy and he, you know, he get almost what, what you would call garbage points that I think he's going to be effective even if they do make the playoffs, you know. And I, don't, I think it'll be harder to game plan for him than like a Giannis or Ben when they can't shoot. You could kind of like sag the defense, you know what I mean? Um, I think he's right. going to be effective like for the whole season because of that right there. Yeah, and I think uh, I think that's part of the reason why I kind of push back on the LeBron comparisons a lot of people throw out there. I got to talk to you about that because my guy Clips, he has a podcast uh, in the California area. He was trying to tell me that Zion at 18 is better than LeBron at 18, and I said absolutely no way. I mean, that, I think that's unfair for Zion. Yeah, because I, I just think LeBron, we always underestimate LeBron, just his the mental aspect of the game and just the way he's able to see the entire floor and make pe- people better and control every possession of every game. Whereas Zion, just like you said, he, he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands to be you know effective. He, he right. doesn't have to be the guy dribbling up, going through pick and rolls, deciding what's going on on every position. I think that's what the beauty of what David Griffin has done to build this roster is that he's put guys around Zion to make life easier for him. It, they don't need Zion to go out and get five, six assists every game for the, for the offense to function. Zion can go out and just cut, you know, cut back door or, or run in transition or, you know, get offensive rebounds. And that'll be the way he gets his offense. He doesn't need the offense to run through him for him to be effective. And I think they want to get to the point where they can kind of put the ball in his hands and let, and let him do his thing. I think ultimately that's what you need your best player to do, especially when we get to playoff situations. You got to just be able to say, hey, Giannis, here's the ball. Everybody get out the way. Let him do his thing. You know, I, I think yeah. that's, the, that's the next step he has to get to. But the fact that it, it, they don't need him to do that right now, I think that's so beautiful for his game because we get to see uh, what really makes him great as a player. And that's how hard he plays every game, how he's able to get to the basket all the time, no matter who was defending him. We saw him go straight at Rudy Gobert, the best defender in his league. And Zion caught the ball and went straight at his chest and said, hey, I'm here and laid it up on him and threw one up over him and then right. put it back for a dunk. And I mean, you see that from a 19 year old kid. Uh, it's incredible to, to think, you know, what he's going to be like down the line. But uh, I see he still has a long way to go before we start putting him in the same sentence with LeBron just because that dude was so advanced at a young age. I don't think we'll ever see anything <laughs> right, like that right. again. For sure. For sure. And by the way, I think Ben's going to have a big season. Uh, that jump shot looked pretty smooth, man. That jump shot from Ben was pretty smooth. That that one year, I, I actually had the. I was fortunate enough to see Ben Simmons when he was in high school down in New Orleans. He played right. in the Sugar Bowl tournament. Oh right, and I saw him area. in the game right. hit three three pointers in a game in a high school game in a high school tournament against a, a team down here in New Orleans. So I, I was I was never into the Ben can't shoot thing because I saw it with my own two eyes. He can hit threes. It's just a matter of him actually taking threes in games, and it'll finally click for him but uh yeah i mean if he starts knocking those down it's gonna be scary because I, I i'm i'm firmly on ben simmons island i think that dude's gonna be a superstar and it's only a matter of time right and to your point it's not that ben can't shoot it's ben don't shoot so all he has to like if i was his coach i would just tell him shoot the ball i don't care if you miss shoot the ball ben you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah, especially now, you know, no Jimmy Butler. They're going to need somebody to be the creator, be the guy that they can trust with the ball in the fourth quarter. And, you know, it can't be Tobias or Joel Embiid all the time. It's got to be, you know, Ben Simmons. If he's going to be that guy, you know, multiple all-star, they've got to be able to – he can't be the guy standing in the dunker spot at the end of games. He's, he's Yeah, right, his right. Role and they've got to trust him, especially in, in playoff situations. He's got to step it up, and a big part of that is just being willing to take those jump shots, even if you don't feel comfortable, even if you miss. Just that threat is going to open up his game so much. Right. All right. 
what, what do you expect from Jackson Hayes for this season? Yeah, I think that's a guy, the Pelicans front office, they rave about him whenever you get them off the record. They love, you know, his work ethic, how, how he just bounces all over the floor when you see him in the in these kind of practice situations or three-on-three against some of the other guys. I mean, just the way he's able to play above the rim all the time is kind of crazy. But, you know, it's still so early for him. He, he, when you look at him just kind of walking around in a T-shirt compared to, like, when you see Zion walking around, it, just the difference in body and the build is so different. And I think Jackson still has a very long way to go before he can kind of bang in the paint with guys like, you know, Rudy Gobert or LaMarcus Aldridge. These guys have been in the league 8, 10, 12 years. It's going to be a long time before he's ready for that. Uh, so I think we're going to see a lot of uh, Jackson in Erie with the Erie Bayhawks playing some G League ball. Maybe we'll, we'll, he'll spend some good time around the Pelicans and maybe get some garbage time. But I think we're at least a year away before we can kind of see Jackson in a solidified rotation role just because he has so much to to work on, not only with his game, but just getting that physical build ready for the pounding in the NBA because these big, everybody talks about how the bigs are dead in the league and everybody wants to shoot threes. That's cool to say uh, until you're one of those guys that got to go get a rebound in the fourth quarter. And, and I tell you, those those bigs are, are big in those situations. And those guys are tough to box out. And they'll throw a bow that will knock you straight to the floor. So I think Jackson just has to prepare himself for that mentally and physically. And I think he'll get there because everybody knows what type of worker he is and what he's done to get to this point. But it's just going to take some time. A player that I think is going to have a breakout year, um, Zach Levine. The Bulls seem to not want him to shoot any mid-range jump shots. Uh, it's the era of analytics, man. Uh, do you feel there's value in the mid-range game now? Like, Are you more on Zach's side or are you more on the Bulls' side when it comes to this? Um, I think it depends on the guy. I, I think if you're, you know, obviously this is an extreme example, but the guys like, you know, Kevin Durant or, you know, uh, even a, a, a Steph Curry, I think is an excellent mid-range shooter. I think if you're a guy that you can shoot the ball really well, I saw Anthony Davis for the, for the past few years. If you're a guy that can shoot it at a really high level, I don't mind, but I think if you're a guy that just kind of settles for that mid-range when the team when the opponents is kind of giving you space, I don't know if that's necessarily the best shot you can take, especially for a guy like Zach Levine who can get to the basket pretty much anytime he wants to. I think that's part of the reason why his coaches are on him so much about not taking mid-range because a lot of times he takes those mid-range to kind of bail himself out instead of just putting his head down and getting to the rim. So I think that's a big thing. I think that goes for a guy like Brandon Ingram down here in New Orleans where I think he's a, a, a excellent mid-range jump shooter, especially when he gets into a rhythm and he can kind of get a guy rocking side to side. But I think the Pelicans coaching staff has been pushing him to really extend his range and kind of take that three-point shot more often just because that will open up the drive to the lane more often if teams have to step all the way out to the three-point line to stop you. So I think that's a big thing why coaches are pushing players to do that. But I think in certain situations, guys should take that mid-range, but I think it's probably a, a very short list. Right. You know, it's funny. The Warriors are kind of the people who have driven the current NBA, the modern NBA, but they actually had a few guys who are excellent from the mid-range. Uh, you're right. Durant, I want to see you shooting mid-range. Steph Curry, I want to see you med- I want to see you shooting mid-range. Jason Tatum, I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to see you shooting too many contested mid-range jumpers, you know. So you're right. It's different for everybody. Yeah, and I think, just like I said, I think it's about – Tatum is a perfect example. I think oftentimes he kind of just settles for the mid-range jumper just because he doesn't want to get to the basket or he doesn't want to get in there and get hit or kind of – I think a lot of times with these guys, they just have to build up the strength to kind of take that beating to get in the paint, and I think they'd rather just go ahead and take that jumper than go down there and kind of get smacked upside the head, uh, you know, eight, ten times a game. 
And I think eventually as your body matures, as you get stronger, as you get a little bit more savvy about when to pick your spots uh, when you get into the paint, I think it's a bit easier. So I think I think we'll see Tatum make that jump. I think we'll see Levine make that jump. And I think eventually we'll see Brandon Ingram make that same jump. But, uh, but all of those guys, I think, they feel comfortable with that shot. I think they're going to take it. But ultimately, I would rather them probably get to the paint more often just because we all know that they can be really good free throw shooters as well. And that would open up the game even more if they can increase their free throw attempts because, that, that of course, that's where you can be more efficient. Your, your scoring is a lot easier and you open up opportunities for other people because you're not taking all the shots. Right. Free throws, dunks, threes. That's analytics right there for sure, man. Um, better dunkers, Zion or Zach, since we're talking about Zach and Zion. Ooh. I have to go. Mm, that's a tough one. I, 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 man, I'm just amazed every time I see Zion dunk. Just because. Well, you're I, seeing I a lot more Zion. Zion. You're seeing. Person, so I guess. Yeah, that's true. So I'm, I'm probably biased just because I've seen it up close and personal, and it's like, man, a guy that size. When you see him walk in the room, and we saw him for the open practice, and he kind of wore like a, a Jordan undershirt, and, and you just kind of see him walk up, and it's like, man, this dude could play D tackle for the Saints right now. Like right, right now, they right. can put him out there, and he could be a three technique, and he'll take on two blockers and, and, and grab the running back before he gets through the hole. I mean, he's that big, and this guy is jumping up doing three sixty windmills. I mean, it's insane what he's able to do at that size. And what I tell people all the time is, he's not, he hasn't even got a full summer of NBA workouts in. So wait until what we see what he looks like next summer. And, and I mean, it's going to be incredible the way this guy advances and continues to grow and jumps higher and gets stronger. I'm terrified to think about what he's going to look like when he actually get his grown man body. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Uh, you're around the organization, obviously. I mean, pretty much every organization says their players are working hard. They're always in the gym. Is Zion really a guy that likes to be in the gym? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think okay. even more than that, I think what you see, what you saw from him at Duke with R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish and what you see from here, you know, from him here with Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Jackson Hayes, he's, he's a guy that just likes to beat around the guys. He's one of those dudes. He wants to hang out with his friends all the time. He likes to goof around. He likes to just be one of the dudes. And I think that's one of the more interesting things about him being such a huge star and having millions of Instagram followers when he was in high school and everybody knows his yeah. name. And every single game he plays is the biggest game of the year. And he still walks around and he just wants to be one of the guys. He just wants to joke around and post things on you know, Instagram and just have fun. And I think that he looks at basketball as one of those ways he can just be around the guys at the gym and work on their game and just hang out. And I think that's what, one of the things he just loves. And I think that's uh, great to see from all of these young guys that they have in New Orleans. That they all have that in common. They just want to be around the practice facility and, and be around the coaching staff and work work on their jumpers, work on their handles. And they, they just love being in there together. And I think that's how you build that bond up to make a team that can do great things down the line. And you hear that over and over again, like what they had in OKC with the Harden and Russell Westbrook and all of those guys. And to go to state with Clay and Steph, the way those guys stay in the gym. And I think that's what they want to build here in New Orleans where Zion, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, uh, Drew Holiday, they can set the standard for, you know, two, three years down the line where they bring in more people and everybody can kind of adapt to this environment. And that's where you can really take that next step and do great things. Yeah, man. I'm actually excited that uh, Drew Holiday is going to get some national TV games because he's, to me, he's underrated, man. He's really a, he's a great player, man. And not everybody gets to see him play all the time. So I'm really happy for that. Before we get out of here, a couple more things. Um, 
Are the playoffs realistic for the Pelicans? Yeah, I think it's realistic. I, I still think it's going to be extremely tough just because the West is just so damn deep, man. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. And we say this every single year, how good the West is. And it seems like it's better than ever now after, right. you know, with KD kind of leaving the Warriors and, and kind of leaving it wide open for everybody. So now you see teams like the Lakers making their move and the Clippers are making their move. And even teams like Utah and Denver, they're kind of making big moves. And there are just so many teams that are going to be out there competing for spots. It's just going to be extremely tough, especially with so many young guys playing for this Pelicans team. You're looking at Zion, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. You're bringing in the new guys, Lonzo and Brandon Ingram. There's going to be so much change with this roster. I don't know if they're going to be able to put it all together in time because you're probably going to have to get close to 50 wins just to, just to maybe get the eight seed in the West. Right. And I think that's going to be extremely tough. But when you look at the talent on this roster, man, when they finally start clicking, I think they can be as good as just about anybody in the West just because of the depth and the talent they have at the top. And especially if Zion can really, man, figure it all out in year one, uh, this team could compete with anybody. I'll tell you that much. Do you have a Wale album review for us? That's what I want to know. Man, I've been bumping the Wale ever since it came out. I, I love the Wale. I'm a huge Wale fan. I, I was on the uh, album about nothing super hard. I love that album, and I feel like he came with those same type of vibes on this one. I've definitely been on the uh, the Kelly Price track, the intro, Sue Me. Uh, man, I'm loving this album, and I love that he, he got back to old Wale. I wasn't a huge fan of Shine. You, you can kind of get that out of here. Hmm. But this album right here, this is old Wale. I'm liking it. All right, so I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check it out. I only listened to the first couple of songs. Now I'm going to check it out. We'll give it a good review. Will, thanks for being here. Where can we find you? Yeah, you can find all my work at uh, theathletic.com. Uh, we're going to be covering Pelicans all season. I can't wait to get to Toronto for ring night, man. That's going to be an extremely fun night. And I follow all of our Saints work with Larry Holder, Jeff Dunker, Junkin, all of those guys, and my boy Brody out there at Baton Rouge with LSU. And uh, follow me on Twitter at Will Guillory. That's G-U-I-L-L-O-R-Y. Thanks, Will. You're always welcome back on the show. Talk soon. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me on. Anytime. There it is. Episode 104 is in the books. Thank you for listening to Combos Court and big shouts to Will for joining in. We appreciate you. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcast app. Take a screenshot of this episode. Post it on your IG stories. Tag me. I'll repost it. Leave a friendly comment, man, right on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to Combos Court. Be on the lookout for episode 105. Combo out.